now, of course, we know that Hulk Hogan uh, was hosting WrestleMania, known bigot racist. Um, the mere fact of that is not shocking. It's pro wrestling, but again, don't claim to be entertainment. Uh, don't claim to be something different uh, when realistically you're just what you always were. And then they put in Titus O'Neil to soften the blow as if we're dumb. Now, hey, Titus, that man from Florida. So I'm sure he can excuse us away any way he needs to. But everyone else can see the optics of this. And then preemptively, they give Titus O'Neil the Warrior Award. And isn't it so interesting that Titus O'Neil works for a bigot, has to work with a bigot during those two nights of WrestleMania, and then receive an award named after a bigot. It is the holy trinity of bigotry. It's... Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome you in our recorded glory once again to Give Me the Book, your weekly wrestling podcast. Uh, we have a very, very front-loaded show tonight uh, and back-loaded as well. We are going to be discussing in the New Japan. We're going to be discussing AEW. We're discussing uh, TNA. And, of course, we're going to preview uh, the upcoming two nights for the first time ever, TakeOver, Stand and Deliver. Uh, with me is my co-host, Satoyo here in full effect. Guys, thank you so much once again for listening. Please like, comment, subscribe, follow uh, our podcast. And uh, yeah, happy you're listening. That's right. Thank you all for checking us out. Um, and so we will begin. I think, uh, as I mentioned, we will, we will save the NXT TakeOver preview for the second half of the show. I think we want to begin with the big news, in my opinion. I think that was... Um, Certainly the biggest thing in wrestling that happened this week for me is we have a new uh, world heavyweight champion in IWGP, New Japan. Um, Will Ospreay is now a champ of two major promotions, I would say. He's uh, also added to his collection. Uh, Somewhat unexpected. This is the the first world heavyweight champion title defense. Some people are not happy about it. Um, Some people are... Waiting to see what happens. But I think we can both agree that the match was excellent. I mean, yes, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I believe this. Was I happy with the outcome? No, but there was really no way to make me happy, to be perfectly honest with you. I, I know that people really appreciate Will Ospreay stuff. I, he's a phenomenal athlete, but I don't really dig all of his matches um, because he, it's, you know, he's a, he's a, he suspends, the, he just, things just don't make sense. And there's too much of that. But I expected them to have another really good 30-minute encounter, which they did. In terms of of the outcome, honestly, like I wasn't shocked by it. There was no way that they were going to make me happy in this regard in that they – I understood that Coda wasn't going to keep the title long because, quite frankly, they did him a tremendous disservice. And having him be the guy that unified the titles 
as we came to find, was a relatively unpopular decision across the board. I thought it was sort of relegated to here in the States, but it turns out in Japan, it wasn't that well received either. And really put coat like a lot of he had lost some steam and he had lost some support, um, which I do believe they expected that to happen to anyone that they put in that position. And, you know, with Okada, he's not going anywhere. You know that with Naito, he's not going anywhere. You know, Jay's not going anywhere. You know, Osprey's not going anywhere. You know, Abushi's a bit more of a free spirit, even though he has signed a contract with them. You know, he's a bit more of a free spirit. And um, I do think in some ways it gives them the out to be like, well, you know, he finally got the title. He's the one, he did become God and all this other down. He's become a man again and whatever else. Uh, also, one thing I can say that did surprise me about this is that so we we finally saw the 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 New Japan World Heavyweight title and it got very very mixed reviews and I was among them initially I understood the design of it because it is locking together a lot of histories but I didn't like it initially and I know why I didn't like it uh, I didn't like it because I knew the guy holding it and I don't like the way Kota Ibushi has ever held any title and when I say held I mean the way he physically holds the titles he makes them look bad because. It's always awkward. It's clunky. You know, it's once draped over the shoulder incorrectly. He's constantly trying to prop the thing up. So thankfully, the Intercontinental and the IWGP heavyweight titles were just beautiful titles to begin with. They didn't need it. And they were already held by so many other people that I was already like on board. The moment I saw Abushi hold it, I was like, this stinks. The way he was doing it, like pushing it forward to make every aesthetically. I was like, I know this is I don't like this. And then I kept on looking at the title and I'm like, this is a pretty nice title. And then the minute Will Ospreay holds it like you hold a world's heavyweight wrestling championship belt, I'm like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with this title. <laughs> you just have to hold it properly. And I have to, and I know that Will Ospreay knows how to hold a title properly. Of all the lists done throughout just the wrestling um, internet community, I don't believe there's been like a best title holders as in like judged by the way they hold the titles yet. So maybe that's some niche territory we can explore. Oh, I've, been doing it. I've, been, I've been doing it for years. I can tell you the guys who hold titles properly, and I can tell you guys who hold who's always held world titles like shit. John I think, Cena I being think among we'll, them. Save it, we'll save it as a teaser for, for another show. I yes. think that's a good idea. We'll make our back up yes. on worst of yes. lists. I have um, a list. I have a list. It's a good list. I, uh, I can't say I'm, I, I have come around on the design of the title. I still think it looks like a Divas title on steroids. I am uh, not a fan. Sure. Um, I don't disagree with you. I thought I know you know Will Osprey is somebody we kind of disagree on. Um, I believe yeah. you know he does he does a little too much flippy stuff for me as well and suspends suspends disbelief. I did think this was a much more proper championship title, where well, the yeah, stuff they kind of the, you know the the, the no selling and the the all the the flipping stuff was very limited. I thought they were actually kind of a heavy hitting match, almost like a never. Uh, Never wait title match you kind of expect to see. So, no, I thought, I thought they, they delivered, and I thought it was done really, really well uh, from my end. Uh, what I was surprised by, I think a few weeks ago we've discussed, I thought they were telling a story with Kole Ibushi where the title was supposed to kind of corrupt him and slowly but surely turn him heel. Now it appears that that, that was not the plan all along. It appears that they, you know, wanted him to be a babyface, and as you said, the decision to unify the titles just kind of now made him a baby face with less uh, less fans. Uh, yeah. the, the, the the thing they did that gives me hope for, specifically for, for Bushi, um, because again, I am a, a fan of his, is that 
uh, after the match, right? Jeff Cobb, of course, uh, attacked him. So it does not look like the program is done. So maybe there's a story of redemption. Maybe Ibushi, you know, rises to the ranks, gets another shot at the title, and, you know, realizes the mistakes of his ways and separates him back again. Or well, something. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think they're going to... Here's what I think, like, in terms of the story arc, at least for me, which is a good one. I mean, for, for one, I had a good feeling. I was like, you can't make me happy with this outcome, but it's not really for me. Because uh, not every, you know, it's okay as a wrestling fan to not be into every main event story and to be like, that doesn't really matter what's going to happen. It's not really going to pique my interest. But I did also understand that Osprey turning heel, starting his own faction, losing to Okada, you can't really, if you want him to be anything, and if you want his faction to actually be anything, he can't fail twice in a row like that on big stages after he wins the New Japan Cup. Uh, the New Japan Cup also has to mean something when the person, you know, the New Japan Cup has a pretty high rate of success when, you know, the person wins it, there's a good chance they're going to go on to get the, the, the belt that they go after. So I felt that that was very, very important. And it puts Osprey uh, in, a, in, a, in a bit of a rarefied air, uh, helps him out, helps his faction out tremendously. What I did notice, though, is that immediately after Ibushi is destroyed, uh, all of a sudden, no one is talking about him. It becomes it's the conversation of uh, of Shingo and then and then it's Okada. So already it's not even about Abushi getting a return match. It's the, it's uh, Osprey fighting the guy he beat in the finals in New Japan Cup and then going back to Okada, which in all likelihood, it's either Osprey finally overcomes Okada or this title goes back on Okada like we all know it's going to at some point. So and then we can deal with another. Uh, anywhere from 12 to 19 month run of Okada as champion. And all, then- all roads do lead back to, to Okada, it seems, yes. in the New Japan. No, I don't disagree with you. I do think, I will say this. I do think, um, you know, the good thing, it's one of those, the good thing about bad booking, right? Is that by creating this unified title, you can now create a massive, massive uh, baby face who will just separate the titles. Like now that's like in, in their bag if they want to create a new star. Or yeah, they always have an out. Yeah, and again, you. I hope again. I, I do hope it's a move they don't waste on Okada, who's already the most over guy in, in the world. You kind of, you really don't. He doesn't need the look. But that's the yeah, only he, thing I'm worried about with them. I, I, yeah, I think I think Okada is strong chasing when you put. And I also understand they're like, yeah, but he's our top guy. It's it's it's, it's the Hulk Hogan, John Cena, Ric Flair. It's like, well, if they're here, so what do we do? You know, the still like if they're here, we gotta put it. You know, it's that impulse. Where I'm just like, yes, or you could make and develop new stars or give stars that already got there more time to establish themselves and see how they do, um, which I also think is very, very uh, important. Uh, but if, if it goes back to Okada immediately, uh, you know, it's not leaving his hands for a while. <laughs> and if it's and that's the, that's the only and again, if business uh, it, while Okada's champion, it makes sense because their business is pretty up. So I can't even argue against it. And it does become compelling. Thing. It's just, it's just going to be on him for a while. And I do come from an era where champions held the belt for a year at least. So I understand the logic of that. Also, I was watching that as a child. Uh, and, and we don't live in that era any, nearly as much anymore. And it has to be a really, it's a special thing. But I don't know if you can do it all the time. I like year-long runs. I do. But once you start getting into like the 16-month, t- you, you cleared out the division. <laughs> and Okada actually did do that. Okada had defended the title successfully against everyone and then fought Kenny again because they had a draw. 
Uh, so it was like, you know, you clear out the division. What more is there to do? But um, we'll see what happens with that. Interestingly enough, though, we had a very good thing where um, uh, and, and, and another title uh, has now got some clarity. You had Satoshi Kojima and Hiroshi Tanahashi defeating Jay White in Big in Bad Luck Fale of the Bullet Club. And then after that, uh, uh, Tanahashi tapped out Jay with the Texas Cloverleaf, or as he calls it, the J-T-O. And he said, well, you tapped. I'll give you your match. And uh, I think that's really cool. Also, I'm a big fan of Satoshi Kojima. Uh, a lot of cats, y'all won't know this, but I mean, like 20 years ago when he was about 30, he still looks great, but he had like, you know, he his, his charisma, it still is that way, but he was young and he was pushed as a top guy in New Japan and All Japan. He was like the Japanese rock in terms of charisma and everything. He was like, he was the man. So to see him still kicking and still being very capable is very, very cool. And now you do get Jay White versus Tanahashi for the Never Openweight Championship. Yeah, that's right. There's um, some interesting developments happening while we're talking about Japanese legends. Uh, mm-hmm. John Moxley, of course, had a call out yes. uh, very recently for what should be a, a great, great match. Although I don't imagine, I don't, don't believe it's for U.S. title, correct? I I, I don't know, but it, what the way I listened to that promo, it sounded like he was challenging him. The champion challenged the challenger for the U.S. title, from what it sounded like to me. Yeah, but so Eugene Nagata as a U.S. champion will be will be interesting, an interesting uh, mantle to add to his already glorious career. It yes. was good. It was good to see New Japan kind of utilize the legends back, uh, yes. as is the case. I feel like New Japan is utilizing legends more so than WWE does around WrestleMania time, which is uh, Easily. unusual, Easily. unusual, uh, but good. Yeah. And speaking of, I'll say, I think in a, in a smooth transition, speaking of legends, uh, kind of still working at the top rate, AEW had an excellent match. Mm-hmm. We saw Christian Cage make his AEW debut, kind of backing up the the new workhorse Machir that he annoyed himself with. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a very, very kind of old school, hardens back to that, you know, attitude era match where, you know, it was mostly kind of not brawling, but not, you know, and just kind of your fundamental wrestling, but it was still compelling, good selling, good facials, and kind of very good back-to-basics match, I thought. Yeah, I, I thought that um, Christian and, and too, is his best friend, Edge, since their return, they really showed you how it's done um, in that I knew, first of all, also props to, to Frankie Kazarian, a guy who's been excellent, who's been tr- a tremendous wrestler for two decades now. Let's not be mistaken. He's been phenomenal. He's been tremendous. And um, and they really just had a good and excellent pro wrestling match. And a, they went about 20 minutes. And for my money, that was the best match. That was the best wrestling match that you would see all week, including Osprey versus Abushi, uh, uh, because it was the fact that things made sense. And things were allowed to breathe, and it's an athletic competition. And when you're in the throes of that, you don't just pop up from everything. And and at that point, you know what happens? I become concerned. (laughs) And then I get invested because I saw Christian, and I saw him struggling, and I'm like, man, should he have come back? You know what I'm saying? Like that's because that's the that's the story that you tell right in there. I thought they did really excellent stuff there. I thought that was a tremendous, tremendous match. And um, immediately I was like, yeah, no one's seeing that match. No, no one's seeing that match this week. Now, others could agree because they did the flip and the false finishes and da da da. But that doesn't necessarily make a great wrestling match. It can. But that formula is not the end all be all of how do you make a, a great wrestling match? Um, 
And yeah, I think the the you can have two great matches, and I think it's kind of gets preference at that point. I yes. I, I yep. do prefer the New Japan final. Ultimately, just just find a little more entertaining. And you know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm just a huge Bushi Mark. Sure. So just seeing his matches, just period. But yeah. and also again, for this one, it felt like a championship match. There was a mm-hmm. little bit less of a flippy and high risk maneuvers. It felt more heightened, and yeah. all the already hard punches kind of carry extra weight behind him. I felt like. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And then, of course, we had another match. Uh, this is something you wanted to touch on. Um, in uh, TNA, we had another title change with uh, oh, in NWA yeah, Murdoch against Chris Masters. Yeah, so in NWA, you had uh, an NWA power. Also, if you guys got the time, fight TV, the app. They're about five bucks a month if you can spare it. I know money is tight all the way around, but they they run a really NWA is back and they're running a really clean, concise, uh, hour long. You know old old school quote unquote um studio wrestling which is very compelling and chris masters now going by chris adonis beat trevor murdoch um if you remember murdoch and cade from wwe fame uh former world tag team champions trevor murdoch was the nwa national heavyweight champion and he lost to chris masters uh now chris masters is the nwa national heavyweight champion the national heavyweight title has a long long lineage going back to before most any of us were born definitely before mike and myself and if you're listening to this podcast and you are under the age of 40 is older than you and um it's but yeah it's good to see that the nwa is back up and running uh i chris really deserves it um he's really worked on his craft you know got into wwe when he's like 21 years old was kind of one of the numbskulls doing stupid stuff, wasn't really being protected, wasn't, and didn't have any allies. He, he didn't, he, 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 he wasn't Randy Orton. So he couldn't do it. He couldn't do what Randy was doing and get away with it. So he didn't, he got canned, um, got off the gas, and then he came back and was, got better. But Triple H made fun of him on TV to kill him, uh, as Triple H is known to do. And uh, even though Triple H had long gotten off the gas and looked like a bloated tubby for four years, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but um, but yeah, he had gotten tremendously better. Didn't make it. Didn't matter at all. CM Punk even talked about that in promos during the summer of Punk and alluding to you guys don't take care of guys that are actually getting better and getting positive reactions. And uh, Masters became a bit of a journeyman for a long time. Bounced around to Impact. Now here in NWA and NWA Power. Now is the new national heavyweight champion and he joins the pope elijah burke who's the world television champion nick aldis who is the nwa world's heavyweight wrestling champion as the singles champions there so a lot of compelling things to see that they're doing over there and i I look forward to what they're doing in the in the weeks to come yeah if you have the time it is an excellent product just because again it's probably the most you know uh different of everything that that's out there definitely you know has the, the the old school vibe and the Obviously, they have lost the the TV audience due to COVID, yes. which is you know kind of added to the '80s charm. But you know, once it comes back, still, again, I think it's it's a good show. Just if you want to see something different from what the the rest are offering. Speaking of something different, uh, one thing I want to kind of plug before we, we move on. Uh, you sent me an excellent video uh, earlier in a week, yes. kind of showcasing the way product is filmed, if you will, the wrestling. In a WWE versus AEW versus New Japan, and it was a very, I thought, interesting bit of insight. Uh, rather, yeah. rather than summarize summarize it here, I would just suggest you guys go to our Twitter and check it out. But um, WWE has been making you feel what they've been making you feel for for a long time, be it positive and negative. 
And there's a reason that other places do the opposite of that. And as a result, it gives off a totally different feel of product. Yeah, no, I thought it was a really good explanation. And kind of, I don't know, yeah, like I said, I really drove the point home without um, without presenting it in a necessarily uh, a biased way. It was just kind of very good um, back-end explanation. Yes. Um, so with that in mind, I think we can we can get into the NXT TakeOver preview. Is there anything else you want to touch on beforehand? Yeah, you know, I do feel if we're going to be talking about WWE and if we're going to, because again, listen, we have gotten to the point now that ladies and gentlemen, uh, humans, non-binaries, comrades, we are now in a position, don't you love it? You get a week, you get damn near a week of WWE television, huh? And, and, and what a thing, what a, what a glorious and wondrous thing. I do find it very, very interesting that in this time where these independent contractors uh, who are free to do whatever they want, except make money <laughs> through third party venues as they were doing before, because as you remember, uh, WWE put the kibosh on that. So all of these, quote unquote, independent contractors who are not eligible for healthcare through the company were told that all of their Twitches, all their Twitch streams, all these other their YouTubes, all that has to come down. These other platforms where these guys are able to make guys and girls and humans are able to make all this money to do novel things like pay their health insurance. Vince put a stop to that. Well, today, the WWE has officially announced a partnership with Cameo, and they will have 25 superstars doing 15 cameos starting right now. It's first come, first serve, guys. And I want to give you the list of these names that will be doing these cameos. From Raw, AJ Styles, Randy Orton, Shane McMahon, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Bobby Lashley, Braun Strowman, Damian Priest, Drew McIntyre, Kofi Kingston, John Morrison, Omos, Miz, Rhea Ripley, Riddle, Sheamus, Xavier Woods. From SmackDown, it will be Apollo Crews, Bianca Belair, Big E, Cesaro, Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn. Now, from those I m- mentioned right there, there are definitely a, a few that had their own independent uh, third-party ways of receiving money, some of this through Cameo, Twitch, etc. They had to shut all those down so that WWE can now be in a partnership where they can now have their quote-unquote independent contractors now do these cameos, and you know the cut that these talents are getting from it? Probably not a goddamn thing. Probably not a goddamn thing. It, it's, like, it's like when the network happened. All of a sudden, the payoffs got different, which CM Punk and others have spoken about. So again, it's important to note that this place sits there and says that these people are independent contractors. Meanwhile, they're told when to show up to work, the dress code, what they can and cannot say. They're given a script to read off of. There is a code of ethics. If they choose to leave, if they want to leave the company, they can be told, no, your request to to leave will not be granted. And some of those, you have a non-compete contract after the fact. All right. Whereas if you're an independent contractor, why is there such a need for that? And now you're an independent contractor who can't make other streams of income outside of this company that says you are not an employee. So it's important that we talk about this, that we bring this stuff to the forefront, because this is the type of hypocrisy that I guarantee you Vince McMahon will not be able to get away with that much longer because this is unethical. And that's being objective and polite. The unfortunate part about it, though, is this is the same stuff that there's been so many music documentaries about kind of exposing the music industry and the music industry had to change because the music industry has been huge 
yeah. with WWE kind of the audience, the wrestling audience has been while becoming more mainstream. The hardcore audience who actually watches the product has become less and less, and there just isn't enough noise, unfortunately, to kind of to get WWE the scrutiny it, it deserves in the matter. So I don't know. I don't. I do think the unfortunate fact is I think Vince will get away with it. I don't see a no, remedy no, no, happening before uh, he uh, passes. So. Yeah. Um, with that being said, uh, you know, we can always hope, listen, if, uh, you know, there, there might be a union happening with, uh, at Amazon now, right? Yeah. So maybe, yeah. you know, maybe there's something will happen with WWE and now, especially with so many alternatives that we keep mentioning on the show, um, that, that, let's not make mistake it, right? As much as, you know, a, as well as AEW is doing, and they have blown out all the expectations over the past year and a half, New Japan and WATNA all doing well. And doing better than they have, you know, where they were, let's say, even pre-pandemic, maybe. Um, again, obviously, yeah. I haven't seen financials, but they seem to be operating well. Um, they're still a fraction of the size of WWE. Yes. It's still not really, not quite a competitor, so to speak. Yeah. So, yeah. I, until until there's more pressure on them, until there's more scrutiny, I do think, unfortunately, he'll be able to do uh, these horrendous things, which is, again, almost, it, it's, it's the principle of it, right? Like, most of the superstars we name, they're doing fine. Right, they they they're not struggling. They don't need to do cameo twitch to kind of you know to to feed their families, but it's more so it's the the principle of it, right? It's the principle well, yeah. of having having UK and eating it as well. Yes. Where no, how can you say that these people are independent contractors and then control and basically tell them everything that they can and cannot do? Well, yeah, it's it's lying and it's just it's honestly unfortunately what you see them doing. And again, like Mike pointed out in the music, it's bad politics. I mean, this is the this is like. This is what a politician will do to their constituents and citizens. Screw them over and say, no, this is what my citizens want. And I represent them. But you're putting your citizens in a worse position than they were in before. And uh, and the reality of it is, you know, not everyone. Look, the WWE is a big place, but, you know, they they ain't doing million dollar contracts for there's a select few. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a select few and we don't know the bill. These people are still people. And they probably got very real bills. You know what I'm saying? And and again, if you are a person making a, a whole lot of money, still got that you got to look after. Um, so this bad faith stuff, this lying, this this um, political herky jerky, being disingenuous with these people. This is a company that's had that has had their employees die on their watch and take no accountability for it uh, right. for, for 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 decades. And uh, this is how it starts. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you okay, you just they needed to stop lying. Will they know? Because Vince rather likes lying. I mean, also, it's a, it's a also, in the rotten industry. I mean, this is yes. that's not a mistake. You know, wrestling is still very much you know public company and all. It's still very much a carny business. It, to, it totally is. It totally is. And the issue with that is, is that it's totally a carny business. It's filled with with carny human beings. However, there was a time where Vince was the only show in town. He had the opportunity to really change that. Uh, and he wants to think that he's more than that, but he's not because he's still for as much as he wants to sit there and say, this is entertainment. We make movies. He does a lot of the same carny nonsense that his predecessors did. And he tries to paint himself as different while he continues to do the same stuff. So, it, you know, unethical, bad, uh, bad business in that regard. Another bit of bad business that I like to touch on very quickly. The 2021 Warrior Award. It's an award that they give out to brave, strong souls who deal with great adversity in their lives. And this year, the year of 2021, the 
Warrior Award, the WWE Warrior Award, will be given to none other than the prime time player himself, Titus O'Neil. Round and of I applause. Just thought, oh, Round yeah. of applause, ladies and gentlemen. Round of applause. It's the first, the first preemptive Warrior Award. Yeah, yeah, the first preemptive one, because honestly, let's not be mistaken. And 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 I, I do, this is speculative. And but but come on, if Stevie Wonder can see what, what this is, all right. Uh, here's a guy who almost got fired for touching Vince McMahon, uh, and he was going to be fired. Uh, and Vince McMahon didn't even see the, the 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 issue that would he didn't like. Literally, people had to talk Vince out of firing Titus because like, if you fire Titus, he can take everything from us. <laughs> you, you know, and, and Vince, this brilliant man, didn't even see that coming. So okay. That, that we need to we need to stop calling people brilliant. That's a whole nother discussion. But we need to stop with this because some people aren't brilliant. They just inherit a lot of money and they know how to be reptilian and, and, and engage in capitalism uh, to a fervent degree. Uh, so he so here's a guy who's been literally he's been a good company guy. He does a lot of PR for them from all accounts. He's a genuinely nice guy, helps out a lot in his community of Florida. Um, so he's always made the company look better. Uh, but now, of course, we know that Hulk Hogan. Uh, was hosting WrestleMania, known bigot, racist. Um, the mere fact of that is not shocking. It's pro wrestling, but again, don't claim to be entertainment. Uh, don't claim to be something different uh, when realistically you're just what you always were. And then they put in Titus O'Neil to soften the blow as if we're dumb. Now, hey, Titus, that man from Florida. So I'm sure he can excuse this away any way he needs to. But everyone else can see the optics of this. And then preemptively, they give Titus O'Neil the Warrior Award. And isn't it so interesting that Titus O'Neil works for a bigot, has to work with a bigot during those two nights of WrestleMania, and then receive an award named after a bigot. It is the holy trinity of bigotry. It's a beautiful thing, really. <laughs> a beautiful thing. Uh, the whole trinity of bigotry is definitely the title of this episode, and there's just yeah. no way of getting away with it. Yeah, I am still excited for Takeover. Yeah, uh, it, no, likewise. Uh, Listen, you try, you try yeah. as you may, sir. You will not ruin <laughs> my excitement for Takeover. I'm still watching. Here's the thing. Here's this the is thing. why, and this is why capitalism always wins. Mm-hmm. Well, it, well, and here's the thing. I mean, if I'm bored, I'm going to turn it off. And AEW still on, so I was like, you know, it still has to compete. But here's the thing, and again, the, the critiques I make, just, I stand. Just, just to point out, quick, quickly point out, AW is also owned by a billionaire. We just don't know about. Oh yeah, we don't. Don't, we don't put your faith in that. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. No, no, I'm not putting <laughs> my. No, no. Listen, I don't believe there are good billionaires. I just know that I've known this one for longer, and I have no, more. No, we I, have more dirt on. I this. just don't want. I just don't want to see you hurt. That's all. No, I would never allow a billionaire to hurt me more than they already hurt me every day of my life. <laughs> and they hurt you sir, every day. So they can't, you can't, it's just that I just like their product more. That's all that is. That's right. Um, but no, I'm still excited for TakeOver. I still think TakeOver has a lot of matches. Again, this is not a knock on the talent. The talent is trying to make a living like anyone else. All right. We all work for less than reputable people and I work in nonprofit. So it's like, they're, <laughs> they're, they're there. They're there also. Um, so yeah, but I'm still excited for takeover. It'll be a great time. And, and so Mike, you might as well take us down the list of uh, night one and night two. I sure will. So the night one, the takeover card, we will start from the top uh, as it is listed in the Wikipedia. Um, again, I have to reiterate, I am really, really excited. I actually thought the build has been pretty good and the matches kind of speak for themselves. Um, with the first one, I mean, I think it's going to be the opener as well. And it's a hell of an opener. Uh, it's Pete Dunn versus Kushida. 
Um, yes. A little bit last minute of a build, but I think they kind of just realized that, hey, we have these two super talented guys and, um, you know, with nothing to do. And also, I think everybody kind of assumed after Kushida came up short in his first takeover match, um, he obviously lost to Jan Gargano in an excellent, still one of my favorite matches of the year so far. Excellent match for NXT North American Championship. Um, a lot of people thought this was it. Kushida was kind of, this was going to be his last uh, takeover match, at least for, you know, for the foreseeable future. So it's good to see him being back. That being said, I think they need to start rebuilding Pete Dunn back up. I think he's too big of a deal. There's been put too much resources into him uh, for him to not end up champion at some point, someday. He's still young. I think he's still in his early 20s or at least, you know, mid-20s. Um, yeah, so, uh, um, again, there's just too much talent there. And, again, he had kind of has not really had a signature win in a very long time that I can think of. I know I think his team lost at, at, at uh, War Games. He lost to Finn Balor. He lost to Kyle O'Reilly before that. So I think he just needs a win. Yep, it is time to give Pete Dunn a win and time to start forgetting about Kushida. The fix is in, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you can feel it. We've seen this story a million and one times. I predict that within five years, Kushida goes home. Uh, that's just how I see it. Um, he's not too banged up. Um, I do understand the Japanese style is a bit more hard on the body. Kushida is in his mid-30s. So, you know, it could go either way in that one. But make no mistake, I don't think they have good plans for him, which is a shame because he is tremendous, as is Pete Dunne. Uh, I think right now, yeah, Pete Dunn has the greater upside. He's worked himself into fantastic conditioning. He's gotten better in every facet of his game. And uh, they got to do something with him. And obviously, I, if you're not going to take him to the main roster, and part of me hopes you don't, uh, because then we know it's over, uh, then, yeah, you got to build him there so that he can he can get some gold around his waist. The second the man goes to the main roster, he's going to worry. Uh, he's going to be wearing an Oliver Twist outfit, yeah. bagging for so yeah. I might have another. It's good. It's gonna yeah. be. It's gonna be tough to watch. So I definitely do not want to see that. Yeah. Uh, we have next. We have a triple threat tag team match for the vacant NXT tag team championship. Of course, Danny Birch uh, went out with an injury. Uh, I believe messed up the shoulder, so they had mm -hmm. to vacate the titles. Uh, and we have MSK versus Grizzled Veterans versus Legado del Fantasma. So it's basically it's a rematch of the. Um, that's the Road Classic Finals with uh, Legado de Fantasma ended. Added uh, should be an excellent match. I think you'll hate it. Um, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but I think it'll be it'll be entertaining. It'll be you know a banger. And if you are a fan of the more lucha libre style, let's say, I think uh, it'll, it'll be enjoyed. You guys are going to have a great time. And for many of you, you will believe it to be the greatest tag team match you have ever seen in your entire life. So enjoy. Um. I think, I mean, they're clearly pushing MSK. Um, yeah. I think with the babyface team, maybe there is more money to be made in a chase, but I, I, I don't see them letting, letting go further than it needs to be. I think MSK is the, are you a champion? Are you your champions? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is, you, yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I mean, here's what, here's, so here's my prediction. Yes. <laughs> Always straight to the point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Actually, no, that's that little, that's literally the opposite of who you are. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I don't, again, no. you guys are going to love it. I don't have strong feelings about it. I'm no, sure no. it'll be a great, it'll be a great display of, of exhibitionist um, uh, sports entertainment moves. It'll be fun. Next up, we have a six man gauntlet eliminator match with Leon Ruff, Isaiah Swerve Scott, Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes 
uh, Dexter Loomis, L.A. Knight. Uh, I think everybody listening knows who I want to win, uh, but I don't think I don't think it's Cameron Grimes' time just yet. I think there's maybe there's a little bit more to do with that character to kind of get him over, maybe saving for the fans even. Um, I think they're it's pretty obvious with the, the who they're going with. So I'll let you go first there. Uh, yeah, I think um, this is going to be a fun bit of business here. However, it goes. I like Eli Drake, aka L.A. Knight. Um, they got him there. Uh, there, are, and I think what you see in this match sort of determines. And I'm thinking, independent of all, I think all these guys are okay. They're going to be in good standing, aside from, well, three of them. <laughs> it's, 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 it's literally, it's, it's, it's to that. This match is going to show you exactly where Bronson Reed, Dexter Loomis, and LA Knight are going to wind up. So, um, if they don't capitalize in on LA Knight, I don't think they're gonna. I think he'll have an EC3 like run, but slightly better, and that's it. So they booked him, they got him, they built him up. You might as well do something for him with him, uh, especially given his experience level, especially given his age. And if you want the guy to make an impact, you have to sort of do impactful things with the guy. People don't make impacts just by being there. You have to continue to ensure that they are doing impactful things. Well, they let him win the Battle Royal, and I think yeah. that's the way where his uh, hype train stops, at least for now. Um, I yeah. do think him and Bronson Reed will work as a program. Kind of, you know, we'll see how long that lasts. But I think just based on the story they've been telling, I think it's uh, Dexter Loomis. Yep. I think they're setting up Dexter Loomis and Johnny yep. Pargano. That has been the feud, so I think that's who we're going to see on night two. Yep. yep. Uh, the fourth match, and this is the one I think I might be the most excited for this weekend. Uh, this is Walter, the one of, let's say, the top heels in the world, one of the best champions in the world. Mm. I think he's going two years strong as a UK champion yep. uh, against Tommaso Ciampa, uh, the one of the, the faces of NXT. Um, I think this match is going gonna, is gonna to be very hard-hitting. Uh, it's going to be my deal, painful to watch, uh, and I'm going to love every second of it, even if I kind of know who, who wins, but... Uh, yeah, I think I have Walter. I don't think I don't think he loses the strap just yet. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think it's Walter. I think time might be winding down for Tommaso. Uh, unfortunately, I've always been a big fan of Champa, and it's a shame that by the time he started getting national international recognition, first it was the knees, then it was the neck, and and he stated very clearly especially if the main roster shows are intent on going back on the road at some point, he stated very clearly he'd retire before he went on the road. Cause his body just couldn't handle that. You know, his he'd, he'd be done within a year or two, much like Austin was. So, um, but yeah, you know, you, you could make it interesting, but why Walter's working? Um, there's no wrong. There's no wrong way to go. It's going to be a great match, but yeah, I agree. I think Walter. Yeah. I just think the story hasn't been told. I think again, whoever is going to take off, uh, the strap from Walter is going to be kind of there's a made man right there, and I think there's yeah. a bigger story to be built up before that happens. This yeah. match was a little bit slapped together, but I, I have not, I'm not complaining. I'm just excited to see it happen. Mm-hmm. And your main event for night one, we have Io Shirai again, your NXT Women's Champion, one of again I would say the best champions in the world. I think she's on the short list and should be in the discussion. Uh, constantly great wrestler, constantly great defenses. I think she's been a champion since middle of last summer. Going up, defending against a very well-built challenger, uh, Raquel Gonzalez, who has been on a run. Um, 
we have some appraisers last week as somebody who came in as, you know, kind of green about a year ago, I think, is when she showed up as the Color Kai's uh, uh, bodyguard. And since then, have just improved leaps and bounds. And I believe it's time to uh, to crown, to crown a new women's champion. Agreed. Sometimes, guys, you have to go on instinct when things are going well and when the time seems right. And I also I do understand that this is a, uh, an unprecedented time where we're kind of painting by the number where, we're, you know, you're trying to color inside the lines and see what the actual painting looks like because 50 percent of the equation is missing, which is a live audience. Having said that, uh, Raquel's been hitting on all cylinders. And you gotta, you gotta, you gotta strike while the iron's hot. This company has had a very, very bad history of not doing that. And then what winds up happening is, is that by the time you finally do do the thing, it doesn't matter as much. It doesn't mean as much. And the guy who writes your checks doesn't see you as much. I.e., Braun Strowman being a a, a a prime example of the downfalls of that. So yes, new champion needs to be crowned. They must strike while the striking is good and not Raquel Gonzalez new. NXT Women's Champion. Again, just to just to kind of uh, double down on the compliments. When uh, Rhea Ripley went to the main roster, you just thought there was going to be such a hole in that NXT Women's Division, and how quickly and and flawlessly has been filled by Raquel mm-hmm. Gonzalez. And it's just mm-hmm. again extremely impressive, and so she deserves it. And I think she's going to be a great champion as well. Um, I'm moving on tonight too. We have for you the new NXT Women's Tag Team Champion. Ship. We have Amber Moon and Shotzi Blackheart defending against the way Candice LeRae and Indy Harwell. How do you see this one going, Satoya? I'm gonna let you go. Let you talk about this one. Yes, I'm a, I'm a little bit more, a little bit more excited for this one. I think I, I actually I think the way needs a win. They they have been kind of portrayed as a little bit of a somewhat of chumps lately. Yeah, and I feel like yeah, and I feel like they can be your heel champions who can kind of you know. Uh, have a chase going with this tag team or maybe maybe another one. Yeah, I definitely think that getting some heat on them would be the good thing. You already know that uh, that Moon and Blackheart have held the title. So there are champions that certified can't be taken from them and they can begin that chase if need be. Again, this is one of those where I don't think there's a wrong answer. Um, but yeah, the way getting a win would certainly be helpful or this is the beginning seeds of the way imploding. So we're going to see one or the other, but again, I don't think that there is a, whoever wins it's, it's the right option. A unification about for you and NXT cruiserweight champions championship. Yes. We have Jordan Devlin, a man who never lost his title against uh, Santos Escobar, a person, the man who, who elevated the champion. That's who right. Elevated the NXT cruiserweight championship. And can I just say, the cruiserweight championship as a whole, Santos Escobar. Okay, the so that's where my money is. It's on Santos Jordan. Hey, he's a good hand. All right, like he's a he, uh, he's a scrappy chap. But is he Santos Escobar? Does he come from wrestling history lineage and royalty? No, he does not. He is not. He is just a Jordan Devlin. He is just and Santos during the age of pandemic has taken the NXT cruiserweight championship to new heights to where honestly, I do believe in a lot of instances, his matches have been uh, the matches I've looked forward to most. Number one, he's helped establish newer guys. Number two, and number three, he's so good and effective at his job, him and carrying cross tangled and cross is a big man. 
and Santos went in there with that big man, and they had a hell of a romp. It is Santos Escobar all the way. I will say this. I do think Santos Escobar versus uh, Jake Atlas was one of the more a little underrated mini feuds from last yes. year. I thought they had a, a series of really great matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, I have to go with Jordan Devlin. I think the company likes him. Mm-hmm. I think I I think he's I think again in my opinion that there is no wrong no wrong answer. But Jordan Devlin, he's coming back. He, you haven't seen him on TV in a few months. You kind of need him to win a win a big one, and then maybe they'll do a rematch. This is going to be a ladder match as well. Uh, I'm expecting this one to potentially steal the show this weekend. Uh, match number three, we have Johnny Gargano defending against, I'm assuming, you agree with me, Dexter Loomis, or who do you have? You have LA Knight? I'll say, no, nah, I don't, I don't, I, no, I don't, I don't think they're going to, it would be the, it would be the right thing to do, but they're not known for doing the right thing. Uh, so I, I'm going to say, yeah, it's probably Dexter Loomis. Yeah. And I think, I think they're still pushing him to be, to be a star. So it's either going to be a schmoz and then they go continue the feud or have Dexter Loomis become your new NXT North American champion. Could very well happen. Uh, there's no, I like, I've liked Dexter Loomis from, from his, I actually like them more as Samuel Shaw in TNA. Um, it's a cooler name also, but uh, he's really maximized this character. He's really made it his own. I think that it's a legit extension of him. Uh, if you go to his social media, he is that guy. So that's very, very impressive. Um, at the same time, you know, him winning, that's a great thing. I'm going to put my money on Johnny. I'm going to sit there and put my money on Johnny. Johnny has made the North American title the most interesting it's ever been. And uh, and it, this is this is the best iteration of Johnny. And this is the best version of him as an overall professional wrestler. Not, I think not, he was a, a great babyface as well. But no, yes. I, I think he's his most entertaining on, on a week-to-week basis. I'll agree yes. with that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, uh, I do. Not, I think, again, I have Dexter Loomis taking this, but Again, could go either way on this one. Um, I still don't quite understand the Dexter Loomis character. Like, he's a monster, but he's also a hipster. I don't quite get it, but I do like oh, it. So you have to think think about any, like, any kind of weirdly jacked up dude in Northern Liberties or in, <laughs> like, Williamsburg or whatever. You know, it's like the arts. The, basically, the deck, it's only, it's an extension of the Samuel Shaw character. Samuel Shaw kind of was like a Patrick Bateman, American Psycho type of character, uh, just without the bleached hair. Um, but his, his his first iterations were Pat Bateman. Then there were like these weird mommy issue things that came into the fold where he was having a feud with uh, Mr. Anderson. And they had this whole issue around his mommy. And say, I think Samuel Shaw is an amalgamation of all those things. They're just not referenced by WWE. So it's just him literally being like, oh, okay, this is a righteous psychopath who's a great, who can draw and can probably recite poetry. You know what I'm saying? And he probably has a little dog, which he does on his IG, that he covets, but he's also like detached from society and likes to lick evil grown men when they, it's like the Dexter character on the TV show. So it's like, I'm a crazy person, but I only hurt bad people. Cause I know I'm bad too, but I want to, I, but I have a code type of deal. I think, I think the Dexter is probably a better comparison because I just do not imagine no, no matter how, uh, you know, where we are as a society or, or what you think of the booking, I can't imagine anyone making American psycho, uh, a baby face in uh, in any year. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. You see, there are enough white boys who watched that book or read that book and watched that movie. And they, they were able to find something principal in him. I talked to him. And that is also true. Uh, 
always, you know, do not don't trust society to get the point ever. Yeah, um, yeah ever, ever. Now we'll, we'll continue. This is your co-main event. Um, this is the one where I think a lot of people have been waiting for and are very excited about. It has been built over pretty well, even if it, in my opinion, somewhat from your leg. We're kind of fun with a, a previous friends breakup them uh, formula, but it's a good formula to follow, and I am excited to see the match. We have Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly in an unsanctioned match. Yes. Um, yeah, of course, again, they're kind of following the steps of um, the DIY breakup and, you know, the legendary feud they had. Um, but again, if, if something works, why not? And, of course, Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole have their own history that has been uh, wisely and uh, somewhat unexpectedly referenced by NXT. They have referenced their matches they had in Ring of Honor and in Japan. So, uh, very happy to see that. And I think that this will continue. Um, I do not know who's going to win. I am excited to see. Uh, if I had to put my money on it, I'll say Adam Cole. There's always, again, just more money having the heel go over and having the face kind of chase revenge. Yeah, I think uh, I think Kyle needs the win more. But I think if he wins, then you have the out of the unsanctioned aspect of it. Um, but if, you know, Kyle wins, you could theoretically end it right there. Uh, but, you know, but Adam could always be a slimy heel and, and find a way to insert himself back into, into Kyle's life. Uh, but yeah, I don't think you have a bad, there's not a, there's not a wrong choice in this one. They both become better workers. Kyle, I always thought was a bit better. Um, and I still think that I still think he's a better worker. Uh, to this day, I think I think Adam has gotten better, especially once he stopped slapping his thighs. A simple thing like that made him a far more effective performer. But um, as an overall talent, Adam connects with the crowd as a heel. He's shown that he can do it as a baby face, but he's little Triple H. So he's going to want to be a heel. So um, there's a good chance that it that it's Adam. But there's really no wrong answer. Yeah, again, I think this is the one. Well, most people expect this is the good thing about this card. Any match could be really the best match of the card, or at least half. I, I mean, not say every, but half the yeah. matches could be the best match of the of the yeah. week. Yeah. Um, and now, and for the main event of night two, we have for the NXT Championship, the loser goes to Raw match. Uh, we have Finn Balor versus Karrion Cross, uh, with Scarlett. Um, again, mm-hmm. this is a match we all knew was going to happen pretty much the second. Karrion Cross came back even before it. We knew this was it was going to get built. We were hoping that it would actually happen. Nobody would get injured, and we have succeeded in that. Uh, I'm excited to see this match. I have yet to see a Karrion Cross match on the main roster that I thought kind of that was great. I think he has been improving since he came back. Again, the match against Santos Escobar was good. I thought the match against Oni Lorcan was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I have no doubts. I think Finn Balor has been able to bring the best out of everyone he has faced lately. Maybe the best belt-to-belt champion in the world today, arguably. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, uh, I hope to that the trend continues. Yes. Uh, what's the yes. use of you? Yes, it is Finn Balor all the way. Finn Balor is the best belt-to-belt uh, world champion of of any promotion currently. Um, mm-hmm. He's again, all you got, you know, he's, he's got that Bret Hart style and that's the truth. It just, it just is. Things just matter more. The minute he's in that match, he works, he wrestles, wrestles. 
You, you get Frost as the King Kong Bondi style. Exactly. Well, no, 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 he no, hugs and no, he hits hard. no, no. That's what he's told to do. Carrion's actually a very talented performer, but you know, they, he's he's a big guy amongst guys who are not big like he is. But in any event, the way I see this is this is my little prediction or spoiler, if you will, and this might be giving away some of the games. It's a little uh, insight into what I think is going to happen this weekend. Uh, Finn Balor retains in in a great match, easily Carrion's best match in all of NXT. He goes to Raw, and in, in all likelihood, uh, pronouns, watch... pal. Who's he? Huh? Pronouns, pal. When you he who goes to Raw? Oh, okay, sorry. Carrion goes to Raw and uh, attacks uh, new champion Drew McIntyre on at the end of the night on uh, on Raw because uh, they they don't want cool things like the Hurt Business to exist, and they've made that feud on Raw very very formulaic, um, which is a shame because Drew and Bobby have done amazing things before they'll have an amazing match. It'll be a hard hitting match. Drew will probably retain. And then Carrion comes in and he attacks Drew. And then he sets his sight on Drew. So Carrion will go right to the top uh, on raw and all likelihood. Uh, I will still not let the, the travesty that has happened to uh, the her business. I bring down Mike Simon for takeover, sir. Uh, that being said, I'm just, I do, listen, I, I'm I just do, giving y'all long term. I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking because after a while, when you watch the pro, you know how it is, guys, you have to, in order to not be wounded, you have to start to think like they think. And then you're like, oh, this is not ideal, but this is probably what they'll do. Also, it's a hell of a way to book uh, Karen Cross, though. They really never do that. So that would be kind of cool to see. I will say this. That would be not the worst booking in the world if they no, do. No, because do. if you're if you're going to take them the role, what you going to have them do? You have them wrestle for the U.S. title? Like, fucking, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on. You, you have to do that. If you want to do the sensible thing, put him in a position immediately to be successful. That being said, which is why I don't think they'll do it. I don't think <laughs> they'll. Yeah. Uh, I, that's I, fair. I think Karen Cross, I think they, they have had I think Triple H still wants him as the face of NXT for a little while. I think he mm-hmm. thinks he can do some things with him. Uh, I think he might remind him of a younger version of himself, being that, you know, he is uh, very, very built. Uh, has a, Triple H was never that. He was never that yeah, neat looking. Very, Triple H was never that neat looking. Uh, he, he was pretty neat looking. Um, no, never, never that neat very looking. long. Can you listen? I was in the rule of three, sir. I'm, I'm trying. I'm in the middle of the rule of three. It's the only thing I have now that I don't do comedy. And you just, <laughs> That's fair. It doesn't. He is very, uh, he's built. He's very well built. He has an uh, elaborate entrance and he moves very slow. That was mm. the okay. that was thing that you and, and well, now we don't land. No, God, but please move like Triple H slow. No, you're being yeah. disrespectful. Yeah, it's Triple um, H, Triple H. Good Jesus Christ. Are you 2000? Post quad tear Triple H. Post quad Goodness tear. gracious, dude! You you you're. I mean, again, it's not. He's not that talking, bad. He's not talking that about bad. a Triple H who a, a year or two prior was legitimately the best wrestler in the world. Blows out his quad and then becomes one of the worst, and then blows it out again. Gets even worse. So, ooh, don't do that to Carrion. He's he's he has so much left to do with his life. He, he sure does. And well, we'll see how much like, how much he does, because I think he will be your new uh, NXT champion. I think uh, I think Finn Balor, I think he gets a, a pat on his back for time served in NXT before returning back to the main roster and probably being inserted into, oh, I don't know, a U.S. title. Yeah. Belt, yeah. And the belt picture again. Oh, um, no. You know, you can't have everything. You really can't. And, you know, quite frankly, do you really deserve it? Um, he does. Well, ladies and gentlemen, 
I think this has our, been our NXT stand deliver preview. Again, I am very excited for it. I hope that you are excited for it as well. The matches should be excellent. I really, really The matches really will be happen. absolutely excellent. If you're not on Twitter, get on Twitter. You should be on Twitter. If you're listening to us, there's a good chance you're on Twitter. But yeah, I mean, nothing. I mean, I always like with the NXT deals is uh, watching watching that and then checking Twitter. And uh, it's always a fun, fun time. Those those men and those women are going to work their behinds off to give you some of the most compelling pro wrestling that they can possibly give you. And I do know that we are in for a hell of a show without question. We will be posting uh, uh, a, a, another podcast later on this week to preview WrestleMania and to summarize what we just saw at the NXT TakeOver on Friday. So be on the lookout for that as well. And we will begin that podcast with the recap of John Cena's Instagram because unfortunately, we just do not have time to get into it today. That's how rich the wrestling business is right now. John Cena is one of the most captivating Instagrams of all times, but the wrestling business is booming so much we don't even get the time to talk about it, but we will get to it on Friday, guaranteed. To be quite frank, uh, this week is it's mostly just whiplash. It's He's really yeah. all wipeout. It's, it's well, mostly that. We really don't you know, need, don't need to, to do that. Because we, we are not chills for, for TNT. No, we're not. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening to us, and we will talk to you later this week. Take care.